welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is Tuesday of the fifth week of Lent. Let's pray. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Grant us, we pray, O Lord, perseverance in obeying your will, that in our days the people dedicated to your service may grow in both merit and number. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Numbers. The Israelites left Mount Hor by the road to the Sea of Suf to skirt the land of Edom. On the way, the people lost patience. They spoke against God and against Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt to die in this wilderness? For there is neither bread nor water here. We are sick of this unsatisfying food. At this, God sent fiery serpents among the people. Their bite brought death to many in Israel. The people came and said to Moses, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Intercede for us with the Lord to save us from these serpents. Moses interceded for the people, and the Lord answered him, Make a fiery serpent and put it on a standard. If anyone is bitten and looks at it, he shall live. So Moses fashioned a bronze serpent, which he put on a standard, and if anyone was bitten by a serpent, he looked at the bronze serpent and lived. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O Lord, hear my prayer and let my cry come to you. O Lord, hear my prayer and let my cry come to you. O Lord, listen to my prayer and let my cry for help reach you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Turn your ear towards me and answer me quickly when I call. O Lord, hear my prayer and let my cry come to you. The nations shall fear the name of the Lord and all the earth's kings your glory. When the Lord shall build up Zion again and appear in all his glory, then he will turn to the prayers of the helpless. He will not despise their prayers. O Lord, hear my prayer and let my cry come to you. Let this be written for ages to come that a people yet unborn may praise the Lord. For the Lord leaned down from his sanctuary on high. He looked down from heaven to the earth 
that he might hear the groans of the prisoners and free those condemned to die. O Lord, hear my prayer and let my cry come to you. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The seed is the word of God. Christ is the sower. All who come to him will live forever. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the Pharisees, I am going away. You will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, will he kill himself? Is that what he means by saying, where I am going, you cannot come? Jesus went on, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I have told you already, you will die in your sins. Yes, if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus answered, what I have told you from the outset. About you, I have much to say and much to condemn. But the one who sent me is truthful. And what I have learnt from him, I declare to the world. They failed to understand that he was talking to them about the Father. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. What the Father has taught me is what I preach. He who sent me is with me, and has not left me to myself, for I always do what pleases him. As he was saying this, many came to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So the 30-second backstory to the first reading which we have today is that Israel are on their journey from slavery in Egypt to the Promised Land. And while they're in the desert, in the wilderness, while God is feeding them miraculously with manna from heaven in the morning and quails in the evening, the people of Israel get bored. They've been eating the same thing for quite some time now, it seems, and they're fed up. And they say to Moses, why did you bring us out of Egypt to die in this wilderness? For there is neither bread nor water here, and we're sick of this unsatisfying food. So they bring their complaint to God, and God sends venomous snakes into the camp. And the bite of the venomous snake is doing away with a lot of the Israelites. And so Moses pleads on behalf of the Israelites once more, and God gives him an instruction. He says, look, okay, see those serpents, make a bronze statue of the serpent, put it on a standard, mount it in the center of the camp, and if an Israelite is bitten by a venomous snake, they need only to look up at the standard, to look in faith, and they will be healed. The bronze serpent on the standard then becomes a sign of God's intention to save his people. He's not brought them to the wilderness that there they may die. He's brought them through the wilderness in order to give them life. Now, Jesus makes reference to this event at the beginning of John's gospel. He says this. He says, the son of man must be lifted up as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert so that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. 
Now, this event in the desert finds its fulfillment in Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. That when he is lifted up on the standard of the cross, that he will be the sign of God's salvation. That when we look toward Christ who died for us, that we would be saved from the ancient snake bite, the snake bite that brings true death. And the salvation of God, which he brings to us in Christ Jesus, isn't simply a restoration of our life as it was for the Israelites in the desert. Instead, it is the gift of eternal life, of the resurrection. So the first reading gets placed before us at this point in our Lenten journey, as we're in Passion Tide, preparing ourselves for Holy Week. Because now we don't simply look at the naked facts of what happens to Jesus on Good Friday. We're able to peer beneath the event to see what God is accomplishing. But there's something else that I'd like to focus on about this first reading. You see, when the Israelites complain against God, it's not just that they're having a good whinge because life's hard. It's not just that they're saying, well, look, Lord, we wouldn't mind a bit of variety. We're very grateful for the manna, but could you change the menu just one day a week? You know, it's not just that they're complaining. They're losing faith. Listen again. They say to God through Moses, why did you bring us out of Egypt to die in this wilderness? They've lost hope that there's a promised land. They've lost hope that the wilderness leads to a home, to a place where they will truly belong. And so they now doubt that God is in fact the one who sustains them. They've lost faith that God is the one who rescues them. Now, I think it's easy to look at God's response and go, well, God's just being a little bit vindictive. You whinge, I'll give you something to complain about. I'll send serpents. Now, I think what's going on with the serpents is that God is putting them in touch with a very deep human reality. We are in God's hands. Every single moment of our lives, we are in God's hands. Every single breath we take is given to us as a gift from God. And the presence of the serpents in the camp puts Israel into sharp contact with the reality that, you know what? God has been saving you this whole time. He saved you from Egypt. He saved you from the desert by feeding you with manna. Every single moment of your life is a gift from him. And now that the serpents are threatening to take your life, now that you're really in danger, you can see just how much God has rescued you right up until this point. Now, I think our crossover to the present coronavirus crisis is pretty clear. Our lives have been turned upside down. We see people suffering around us. We see the economy crumbling and it's easy for us to complain. But we must never lose hope. We must never lose heart. Because God has erected his standard in our midst 
as the sign to us of his saving will. We can easily be tempted to think that there is only the wilderness, that God has brought us here and there is no promised land. But it's in those moments that we need to look toward our Lord Jesus on the cross, the sign of God's saving purpose. He's created us not to die in the wilderness, but to come to the place that he has prepared for us, the true promised land, which is God's holy presence. He's created us for communion with him. Yes, we experience hardships, and we may well wonder what's happening and where are we going, but let us never lose hope. The Lord has led us here, not that we may die here, but that we may continue our journey to our heavenly homeland. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ in our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you always shine on our path as a sign of salvation and of hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick, who at the cross took part in Jesus' pain, keeping your faith firm. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need, and we are sure you will provide, so that, as in Cana of Galilee, we may return to joy and to feasting after this time of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform to the will of the Father and to do as we are told by Jesus, who has taken upon himself our sufferings and carried our sorrows, to lead us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. Under your protection we seek refuge, Holy Mother of God. Do not disdain the entreaties of we who are in trial, but deliver us from every danger, O glorious 
and Blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may be glorious.